This is the Ride On Sports Podcast with Jason Cassera and Gabe Myers, your best source for local sports talk. The Ride On crew will be highlighting all your favorite local teams and everything else the world of sports has to offer from right here in the Coastal Bend. Yo, yo. Gabriel Myers, how are you, my friend? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. What is it like aboard the International Space Station? Oh, man. Oh. Uh... It's amazing. Uh, it sounds amazing. I, I, I wasn't prepared for that question. Uh, hey, hey. Well, you know, uh, I don't think our listeners were prepared to realize that you were uh, in space, and that's why we haven't had an episode in about what three three weeks. Yeah, uh, it's been a while. Uh, life has uh, life has happened. <laughs> hey, life happens, man. It's twenty twenty, and um, yeah. Nothing. Yeah. Let me uh, let me just make it clear. Nothing bad has happened. It's actually been pretty much all good things. But that's right. You know, it's messed with. I won't get too far into detail, but it's messed with schedules, and it's just everything's and everything's been kind of thrown out of whack. So we, both of us now we got to find a new groove as yep. we go uh, as we go into this. Man, last time we were talking, uh, all three Coastal Bend teams are still in the playoffs. Now the four <laughs> A. Now four A. Uh, Playoffs are done. Five A playoffs just started. Uh, we Jack Easterby was just the guy we didn't like. Now we despise him. Uh, James Harden weighed about thirty pounds less than he currently does. Um, and George Springer was a free agent. That hasn't changed. <laughs> and, and last time we talked, Russell Westbrook was still a Houston Rocket, and now John Wall is yeah. a Houston Rocket. And Russell Westbrook's out east, and uh, I can't imagine yeah. him being happy. But whatevs. Um, uh, hey, I think he'll be. He'll, he's gonna get to take all the shots and uh, do what he wants to do. Uh, he's, he's gonna uh, put up. He's gonna probably throw up about what? What do you, what do you think? About 35, 35 shots a game. No, like well, he does. He does have Brad Beal with him. I'm gonna say he puts up twenty seven shots a game. Okay. Mark 20, that down. 27, 27 shots a game. My prediction for Russ's stat line this year is he'll have. 28 points, 11 assists, and 10 and a half rebounds a game. All right, all right, all right. That 28, 11 assists, 10 and a half rebounds. He's going to average triple double this year. Well, if we're doing over under, what is the uh, what's the over under on James Harden still being a rocket by the um, all, by the middle of the season? See, I think um, we're getting right into it here. We might as I well. Like. I, I like it. I like it. Um, I believe, I think if James Harden was going to get traded, he would have already been traded. I think I agree. Yeah, I think like, if the Rockets were going to trade him, he would have already been, uh, he would have already been traded. So it's, uh, I think, he, you know, whether he wants to be or not, he's going to be a Houston Rocket. Um, and I think the one, the one team that made any kind of sense was Brooklyn. Um, but for I mean, if you're Houston and I get it, you're not trading him to Brooklyn unless you get Kyrie or Kevin Durant, and that would be Kyrie in that scenario. Yeah. Um, and now Brooklyn started playing, and they have to work on this on-court dynamic with Kyrie and Kevin Durant, just, uh, you know, because they want to compete for a championship this year. And now that preseason games are happening, your regular season is going to start in like a week, which I can't believe that. Um, it's uh, you know you're not making moves now. Like you're you're gonna try and make this uh, you're gonna try and make this work. You know for better or worse. If you're Brooklyn, uh, Philadelphia's name has been thrown out there. Um, yeah, 
I don't. Uh, so I so don't let me ask it. you this, Gabe uh, Gabriel Myers. Uh, what do you uh, think? What do you think has made James Harden so unhappy? Do you think it was Daryl Moore leaving and Mike D'Antoni leaving? Do you think that made him unhappy, or is it the you know things we've heard in the background, or is he just maybe he's just a head case? I so I think it's multiple things. Which anything, <laughs> any time, it's something like this. It always is. It's not yeah. just one thing. Um, I think it's Daryl Morey and D'Antoni leaving. Obviously, D'Antoni liked those or Harden liked those guys a lot because they liked him a lot. Yeah, um, they empowered him to do virtually whatever he wanted. Um, and I also heard a report. I believe it was from Chris Broussard. Maybe it was someone else. But they. But basically, the gist of it was that um, the Harden requested to be traded after all the changes. And it was the first time the Houston Rockets organization had ever told James Harden no. Mm. It was the first time they ever told him no. Wow. And, and you know, and you, you're a father. You know, you got kids. Uh, if you had done nothing but let your kids do whatever they want, ice cream for breakfast, you know, et cetera. And then, you know, if they, it could be something simple like, hey, let's go to the park or whatever. Or let's get a video game. And you say no. Well, they're going to act out. Like that's just human nature. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's not anything super sophisticated. Except it um, seems. Except it seems kind of. Uh, I don't want to say shocking, but a little surprising for a grown man who's not twenty. He's thirty, right? Thirty, thirty-one years old. Man, but yeah, he's in. He, he's in his early thirties, uh, but he's got hundreds of millions of dollars, <laughs> uh, or, he's, or he's made hundreds of millions of dollars. Who knows how he spent it? Yeah, or true. if he spent it. Yeah, he, but, he does um, make it rain. That's that's well documented and official now. Yeah, he he does. Um, <laughs> but you know, he's made hundreds of millions of dollars. You know, he, what's his contract? 200, 200 mil. Uh, like he's making forty five million dollars a year. He's very well compensated for what he does. He makes a lot of money and people with a lot of money are used to getting their way. Yep. And James Harden is used to getting his way. When, when he says jump, the Rockets organization says how high, yep. um, you know, they, you know, they just kind of comply with whatever he wants. Oh, I, I don't want Chris Paul. All right. We'll look at Russell Westbrook. Oh, I'm kind of tired of dealing with Russ. Okay. Here's John Wall. <laughs> ah, I still want to be traded. Yeah. Um, you know, it's uh and I, I got to give credit to John Wall because John Wall is saying all the right things. Oh, yeah. yeah. I wasn't sure how I felt about the trade. Um, you know, Wall looked decent in preseason action. I don't put any stock in the mm-hmm. preseason basketball or in the preseason anything, whether it's spring training or at preseason football or whatever. Um, I don't put any stock to any preseason. Um, so I, Walls looks fine from what I've seen, but, you know, we'll find out here soon enough. Uh, but I give credit to John Wall because since he's coming to Houston, he said all the right things. Yeah, yeah, he's been a leader. Uh, about, he's been a leader. For- yeah, he's like, I'm looking forward to playing with James. You know, we're looking forward to having him back. Hasn't said anything about him being, you know, you know, he's out at the strip club. There's no need to sugarcoat it. I mean, that's what he, that's what he's been doing. Uh, he's been, he was he was out at the strip club just missing training camp. Yeah, uh, while all his teammates were there. Uh, and John, but John Wall's coming in. He said all the right things, and it appears he's done all the right things. So I want to give him some credit here and. I actually think the Houston Rockets will be okay this year. Um, I don't think they're title contenders. Uh, frankly, outside of the Lakers and I'll say the Brooklyn Nets and maybe the Boston Celtics. Uh, you can throw Miami in there as well. They just made the finals. Uh, I don't really see anybody as title contenders. And with the Lakers being a prohibitive favorite. Uh, you know, with defending champions and the additions they made in the offseason, I don't think anyone in the West 
is really challenging the Lakers this year. But I think the Rockets will be a playoff team, you know, four, five, six seed. They'll win. Uh, if they're playing 82 games this year, they'll win 50 to 55 games. And then if they're not playing 82, then whatever, you know, the equivalent of that is over the amount of games they play. Um, you know, the Rockets will be fine. They'll be a good, solid team. Maybe win a playoff series. If not, definitely push it in a first-round series. But and this is a, it's a good team, but it's not going to be a great team, which is kind of what the Rockets have been since the uh, the first year of Chris Paul. Hey, so um, should we address the fact that James Harden's body style now looks like mine? I mean, that, uh, that was a little shocking. <laughs> so here, here um, yeah, that's photo? shocking. He looks a little bit like Ezekiel Elliott. Let's be honest. I, I okay, so I did that. I think that was a bad photo angle, and I did see like some <laughs> clips of game action. Yeah, it didn't look as bad, but you could tell he uh, he has you know, been he working out winter weight there. Nah, he had he had been working. He, out. he added <laughs> he had he added some winter weight. <laughs> um, but you got eighty two. You got eighty two games against yeah, James. Yeah. I mean, James Harden can. He's one of the you know definitely 10 some people would say five best players in this world uh i'm not really worried about james harden no i'm not either honestly here's the one thing i really like do like about james harden and it's it's one of those it's a it's a good thing when it's good it's a bad thing when it's bad i like that he's it almost feels like he doesn't ever take it too damn serious you know like he's he's playing ball he's happy to be there most of the time and he just seems like he's a like he's almost a plug and play kind of guy but whenever it's not going right that's detrimental um but i I do like the fact that you know what I, i think he's one of the hardest working guys in the game like every season it seems like he comes up with like new moves he's he's always trying to challenge the status quo on the court i mean those are good things but yeah like you said you got to keep that guy yeah. happy and if you tell him no one time he's going to act out which apparently is what he did this miniature offseason um and you know what maybe maybe they'll move on maybe yeah. john wall uh is a is the leader this team's needed for a while and even having DeMarcus Cousins there. I mean, you think Boogie I don't, I don't think Boogie's the guy that's going to put up with a lot of shit either, honestly. That's just my opinion. You know, he's that guy's been vying yeah, he's been it, working hard to get back on the court, man, and he doesn't want to he doesn't want to waste any time. I wouldn't think. Yeah, well, Boogie's another guy who like John Wall has come in and said all the right things. You know, he said, "Hey, I'm here to help Christian Wood, who was Rockets, mm-hmm. you know, big free agent signing." Um, you know, I'm here to help him out and do whatever I can for him and all about the team. And, again, you know, is that what ends up being the case in, you know, in a couple of months? Who knows? But Boogie and John Wall, they're both yeah. saying all the right things, you know, and so far have done all the right things. Um, and they're, I think they're just trying to – and they have a new coach and new – you know, they – oh Well, we might be losing Gabe there. Hopefully not. So Gabe's, um, again – He's on the space station and he's probably on the other side of Earth. I'd like to take this minute to talk about RideOnCorpus.com. RideOnCorpus is a lifestyle media company that creates fun in our city by promoting experiences that you guys will love. They're the people to turn to for advice on everything Coastal Bend. What fun shall you do today? Find out at RideOnCorpus.com. Yeah, I got disconnected there. Yeah, yeah. Well, sometimes it happens when you're on the space station and you get, like, you know, into a foggy area of reception. Yeah. Sometimes that's going to fall apart. I got to tell NASA to to get their act together with the the Wi-Fi here. With Elon Musk moving to Austin, that might benefit us with our coverage 
here on Earth. So, you know, except here yeah, in space. No. So, whatevs. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm not even on Earth right now. Um, <laughs> so, so, you were talking about how great Christian Wood is. Yeah. So, no, it was, he was their big signing this offseason. And Boogie has. Boogie has said he's trying to he is trying to acclimate Christian Wood. Uh, you know, he is trying to do everything he can to help out Christian Wood, which is that's what he believes, and maybe he was told that's what he was brought in to do. Okay. Um, and if that if that's his role, he's said and done all the right things so far. Um, and Boogie's a very and I think you made an interesting point where he's worked as hard as he's worked just to get back yeah. after you know multiple injuries. He probably's not wanting to mess around too much, you know. He he probably want you know he wants something steady, you know. And he was, you know, the last two teams he's been on. Now he was the old he got you know hurt in his last stop. Mm-hmm. But he was with the Warriors and the Lakers. You know, the Warriors who when he went there were two time defending champions, had one three out of four. You know, good culture set there. And the Lakers who won the championship last year. So I think they got a pretty decent culture out there um, as far as the basketball. Absolutely. Team goes. So, so it's, uh, I think Boogie maybe is just taking some lessons along the way and he knows what his role is on this team and he's gonna, you know, he's gonna try to fulfill it here. And I'm, you know, the Rockies, they're not bad. Like I'm interested to see what Steven Silas does as a head coach, how it, how they look different, if they look different from what they were under Dan Tony. Um, you know, what's John Wall's role going to be? Is Harden going to be playing off the ball a little bit more? Um, you know, what lineups they're going to put out there. You know, obviously with Christian Wood now, you're not going to have the ultra small ball that you had last year where P.J. Tucker was starting at center. Um, will they play too uh. big some? Because Wood can play the four. Uh, I, You know, I'm curious. I'm very interested to see how the Rockets approach this season, especially in the early season. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, so something else that uh, you had mentioned in the pre-production uh, group chat was uh, talking about the college football playoff rankings. Is that correct, sir? Yeah, I am. Uh, man, I'm. Uh, I'm very interested to see what uh, how this plays out. The a bit, the playoff gets announced here, and was it went to like four days? It gets announced Sunday morning, um, or five five days. Um, I'm very curious to see how the college football playoff plays out. Uh, so I, I want to ask you. So Ohio State has played five games. <laughs> Texas A&M has played eight games. They're going to play their ninth this weekend. They're going to play Tennessee in the makeup game. Um, let's say Ohio State wins. They win the Big Ten championship. Let's say they win by two touchdowns. You know, they win. You know, it's comfortable, but it's not. You know, they don't look necessarily great. They win 34 to 20, let's call it. A&M, they beat Tennessee, you know, by, you know, they've been beating everyone by like 14, by two or three touchdowns. Let's say they win by 17. Say they win 34-17. A&M played eight, they played nine games in the SEC, beat Florida, only lost to Alabama, who has murdered everybody. Um, I, I don't, here's the deal to me, Gabe, is I don't see Ohio State, like their competition this season hasn't really been the big, there. The Big Ten's bad. I mean, they're two the two best teams traditionally in the Big Ten outside of Ohio State are Michigan and Penn State. Both those teams are terrible this yeah, year. Yeah, and they, they beat Penn State by just 13. And so, and then, yeah, then, they, you know, Jim Harbaugh didn't want anything to do with Ohio State, so he COVID canceled that game, yeah. right? So, 
the COVID, the COVID canceled <laughs> yeah. game. Their best one of the year is against Indiana. Yeah. Who, and like Indiana was a fun story. It, you, no one took Indiana seriously as a, a one score championship win. or even playoff. Contender. Yeah. Um, they're going to play Northwestern this weekend. And uh, I'll tell you, Ohio State will probably blow out Northwestern. I mean, Northwestern on offense is damn near that. I mean, they're ranked. Like yeah. Or something. Northwestern. Uh, um, is that the, that's not the big they, 10 they, championship, is it? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Here we go. Referencing it. Yeah. Gift. So they're gonna they're gonna be a they're gonna be a conference champion, but they're gonna be six and zero. Oh. Yeah, I don't I don't like. And, that. I mean, we're in Texas, so there's some yeah, there's you know some I got some bias here, yeah. but it's uh like A and M play like uh, how many like Ohio State played six games and played in my opinion, nobody. And I, I feel like, at least with a and I can say they beat Florida. They beat a top 10 team. Yeah. And, and, and even, and even most of the sec teams, I would imagine would be fairly competitive in the big 10. Um, oh, even the ones that you would oh, call, you know, bottom dwellers. Um, wouldn't you think? Oh, and they beat Auburn. Put all, put all miss in the big 10. They'd be the second best team. This Isn't that year. wild? And Ole miss is, I think four and four. Uh, if Ole Miss is in the Big Ten, they'd be the second best team this year. I am, I, I truly 100% believe that. Um, Big Ten is terrible this year. And it's not a shot at Ohio State. I do believe, talent-wise, Ohio State's one of the four best teams in the country. Um, I, I do believe that. But they only played six games. I mean, and it's not to punish Ohio State. The Big Ten is didn't get their act together. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, and they made a rule. You had to play six games to be the conference championship. Then Ohio State didn't play six games, and they changed the rule. I don't have a problem with that because Ohio State's clearly the best team in the Big Ten and they're going to win the Big Ten championship. But it's how many breaks is Ohio State going to get here? Um, and Notre, Notre Dame and Cle- I mean Clemson's going to beat Notre Dame this weekend. Uh, I'd be, you know, that A and M honestly they need to be Notre Dame fans this weekend. Their path to the playoff yeah. is Notre Dame beating Clemson for a second time with Not Trevor Lawrence with all those guys on defense back healthy. I, I don't, I don't think if Clemson loses to Notre Dame twice, I can't see the committee putting Clemson in over Texas A&M. Uh, yeah, that would be a little ridiculous. But, um, but I could also see them doing that <laughs> just because of the way they operate. Yeah. You know. Well, they've out, they've never put in a two loss team to begin with. Now you're going to do it in the COVID year, uh, and they put two teams from the same conference in. They did it with the SEC a few years yeah. ago when they put Alabama and Georgia, and those two teams ended up winning their semifinal and playing national championship. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's uh, and the the committee chair, I forget his name, just whoever the spokesman is. Uh, he said there's already been discussions about flipping A and M and Ohio State. Uh, Good, you know. So if A and M comes and works. They look impressive this weekend. Ohio State doesn't. Maybe that's enough. Although the, the committee says they take conference championships into account. Uh, most years, I'm okay with that. This year, it's just so different. Um, some people seem to think USC has a shot, which I think is utterly ridiculous. Um, I say Ole Miss would be the second best team in the Big Ten. Ole Miss would be the best team in the Pac-12. Um, they, like that. That's an absolute joke. Um but yeah, it's. Uh, I'm just curious to see how this shakes out. You know what? Honestly, what probably ends up happening is Ohio State wins this weekend by three touchdowns or more. Uh, Clemson beats Notre Dame this weekend, and then you know the four that are right now are the four that you know are the four that get in. But Notre Dame wins, or if you know if somehow Ohio State shows up to the game drunk and loses, um, 
then kind of chaos ensues because the Big 12 is going to want Iowa State or Oklahoma to get in, which I think either of those teams would be ridiculous if one of them got in. Cincinnati, if they win their conference championship game, they're going to be banging, you know, they're going to be saying, hey, we should get in because, you know, group of five and we're undefeated or whatever. Um, the real wrench is if Florida beats Alabama somehow this Oof. weekend, and then a two-loss Florida team who also lost to A&M now owns the best one of the year. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's uh, – and then if, you know – but I think for them to even have an argument, well, what Notre Dame would have to beat Clemson. Uh, I'm a fan of chaos sure. in college football. <laughs> uh, I'm a fan it's of chaos. Exciting. So if it, my ca- – my chaotic situation is Notre Dame beats Clemson the second time, which I don't want that happen. Like just as a one-off thing, nor do I think it will happen. Florida beats Alabama, uh, which that would be very interesting. And Ohio State loses. Uh, then I'm very curious as far as what the committee would do with because then Notre Dame and Notre Dame. Well, I think Alabama's in regardless. Uh, Notre Dame and Bama presumably would be in. What would you do with everybody else? Um, that's kind of my that's my chaos scenario that I want. Yeah, they might really. just take some of those team uh, names, throw them in one of those bingo baskets, and just pull out whoever sounds good. I don't know what I don't know what the committee would do, uh, but in all likelihood, we're getting you know it's going to be Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, Shocker, and then uh, Notre Dame. Yep, boring. <laughs> and I. <laughs> and I I, and I'm very curious to see what the matchups would be. If, if Clemson beats Notre Dame, do you make Clemson would go to the two seed? But do you make Notre Dame the three seed, meaning they'd play Clemson again for a third time? Or do you drop Notre Dame down to four and have them play Alabama? Um, would you, you know, would you jump Ohio State up to three despite only playing six games and Notre Dame played 11? Uh, would, that's where it gets interesting again. Is Notre Dame lose to Clemson? Let's say they lose by 10 points, you know. Which is, I think that's what the spread is. So let's say Vegas is right. They lose by 10. Do you drop Notre Dame down to the four seed below Ohio State, who only played six games and Notre Dame played 11? Yeah. Uh, when all Notre Dame did was play everybody on the schedule. True. Um, and a good one at that, I that's, think. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, they played, you know, play, they played Clemson twice. They, uh, they played North Carolina. They, you know, they beat North Carolina by two touchdowns and North Carolina and Mac Brown just, you know, they're still running for yards against Miami right now. They ran for, you know, the distance between me and you right now against uh, against Miami. I think the I think it was like 550 wow. yards. Wow. Um, yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. It's uh, – yeah, Miami was supposed to have a really good defense. Uh, that didn't uh, quite pan out. Um, so, I mean, and so with North, with North Carolina looking as good as they did, that makes Notre Dame's resume look a little more impressive. Um so I'm I'm curious to see if, if it's just chalk that plays out. Um, I'm curious to see how the committee would rank them because you're in a tricky situation because you put Notre Dame as a three seed, then you're making Notre Dame Clemson three in the semifinal. And I don't know if you want, you know, or do you want to set it up where those teams play for a third time? Uh, and, they, you know, and they had just played, you know, two weeks prior to, you know, when they'd meet in the playoff. Or do you drop Notre Dame below Ohio State? Uh, you know, do you do that? And you say, uh, you say, hey, this team with six games goes above you, you know, 10 and one Notre Dame, you know, who owns a win over Clemson and North Carolina. And Ohio State's best win is against Indiana or Northwestern, I guess would be their best win. Uh, 
kind of, you know, these are just the little things I'm interested in. I'm not sure how interested you and everybody else are, but I'm interested to see how the committee. Yeah, no, I, I, uh, I think it is interesting just because overall this year, I'll tell you this much, Gabe. I, I didn't expect that we'd get through a college football season. So the fact that they're, we're here and at that precipice, yeah. um, I think that's honestly they've they've done a good job. I know that they've taken a lot of heat, a lot of criticism for even trying to play. And and coaches and staffs have had to deal with plenty of times where players have tested positive. They've had to shut down, you know, the Longhorns. They had to shut down and cancel their last game. Um, it's it's happened. Yeah. So the fact that we're still here, able to even talk about this, you know, that it's coming up, etc. I mean, that's I think that's honestly a they they probably deserve a good pat on the back. They really do. Yeah. And I think especially the ACC, the SEC, and the Big 12, because they had their act together from the beginning. They said, hey, we're starting at this time in September. We're going to build in these bye weeks here in the middle of the season and then one at the end of the season before the conference championship games because we know cancellations are going to happen. You know, they knew that coming yep. in. Uh, they said, hey, this is, you know, this is obviously not the ideal scenario. This is what we're going to do, and we're going to do the best we can to make it work. And I think those conferences did the best they could to make it work. Uh, where you have the Big Ten and the Pac-12 who said, oh, we're going to try to play six games and there's going to be no bye weeks and hopefully COVID doesn't happen. Um, in the Pac-12, before they even played a game, they were having cancellations. Mm-hmm. Um, they, just didn't have, they just didn't have their act together. That's why no one takes the Pac-12 seriously. <laughs> Big Ten was a little bit yeah. better. Um, but again, they were kind of just like, oh, we're going to put the schedule here and kind of just hope for the best. And, you know, they had to go and change their own rule because they were about to keep their best team out of the you know, out of the, you know, out of the conference championship because of it. Um, so I, I really give, I really give the credit here in college football to the Big Twelve, the SEC, and the ACC because those three conferences had their act together from the beginning. Um, and you're seeing it with the, I mean, Big Twelve won't get a team in the playoff, but the ACC more than likely is going to get two teams, and the SEC has it has been for the last 15, 20 years is the best conference in college football. With you know, best coaches, most talent. Uh, schools care about football more than academia, really. Which that's a whole other conversation. But you know, they had their act together, and they got you know they got yeah. So it's well, it's a good thing Dr. Jack Easterby wasn't in charge of this uh, NCAA season, or we'd probably yeah. So that'd let's be a talk surface. about uh, uh, we're gonna <laughs> talk. Uh, is he Dr. Jack? Is he uh, Executive Jack? Is he Chapter? Ah, is Jack? he Jackoff? Is he, uh, um, I tell you what. Uh, so you and I, we were trying to. Is he? Is it Father Jack? Yeah, Father Jack. You know what? He. Uh, uh, you sent me that great piece of liter- literature on. Uh, on it's Sunday. it's it's very, it's very America, honestly, where somebody can rise the way they rise without having virtually any real world experience to be doing what they're doing and get to a position where they're at, and then be in charge of a multi billion dollar operation. It's a uh, it's wild. And I don't know if it's Cal McNair just doesn't know what the hell he's doing. But if that's the case, let's pray this guy sells the damn team because it's just ugly and it looks stupid. And no offense to Andre Johnson, but why is he on the committee to handpick a next head coach? I don't understand that. Why is there why is, why there, is there a committee yeah. to be? Is Cal McNair not yeah, enough, like, educated enough? Didn't grow up around football enough to like maybe help out with that? I mean, I don't understand, but having Dr. Jack Easter be in yeah. the room shows enough of your ignorance as an owner and 
dear goodness gracious, like, re, like, can we resurrect? Uh, uh, who is the old owner that moved him to Tennessee? I mean, at least he, ha- at uh, least he had a spine. Adams. You know, that would be yeah. nice right now. So after Deshaun got uh, got that safety in the last game, and I thought two in a row, and you're right. They, I mean, you know, when you're trying to block a little Mac and the, just the Bears defense in general, dude, they just got eight up, and and they and they made Mitch Trubisky. That was yes, that was I was like, oh that, my god, that, that is that is very <laughs> difficult. He looked, he looked great. He <laughs> gave is, Bears fans hope. Bears fans guy. were like, man, Mitch is back. I'm so happy. Yay. Ryan Pace is going to give Mitch a contract extension <laughs> because of that. Case. Oh man, and I just I and I know I'll do it again, and I always say I'm not, but I know I'm going to turn around. I'm going to watch him in the next game, and then I'm going to bitch about it. But it, it's just it's like enough, enough, and it's funny, man, because I always listen to uh, I like listening to Sports Radio 610 out of Houston because I like Seth Payne a lot. But the commercials they play uh, are just so dramatic. They're like the Houston Texans just suffered their most embarrassing loss of the season. And it's every week like that. I'm like, don't you ever get tired? <laughs> you guys get tired of being like the home for Houston Texans radio. I would, I'd change that contract. Like we wouldn't be talking about the Texans if I had a radio show. There's no way in hell. Nah, I, w- I would absolutely be talking. There's so much to talk about the Texans. Let's start at the top, at the top with brother, doctor, trader, whatever you want to call him, Jack Easterby. Uh, if you want to put a four letter word in front of it, you know. Yes. Blanking Jack Easterby, uh, which I'm sure many Texas yeah, fans yeah. do. Um, God, I mean, if you it's a Sports Illustrated article, I think I'll, we'll put the link to the article in the, trip, in the description for this podcast so the listeners can go and read that. Um, I, it's actually a really good piece, and it was the play, it was players and staff members that were anonymously that were anonymously quoted in this article. That gave all this information to the writer. I man, I wish I had the writer's name. Um, I'm pulling it up right now. Whoever it was did a really good job. Yeah, the the writer did an outstanding job with this piece. Um, and it, yeah, he he comes in. He's a team chaplain, character coach, just someone who's there to you know, basically his job in previous stops, most notably the New England Patriots was to be kind of a liaison between the players and the coaching staff that both sides can trust. Um, and obviously in New England, it worked really well because with Bill Belichick and Tom Brady, everything in New England worked really well. Um, and then they bring him to Houston as some is in an executive role. And he is now, you know, the, you know, I call it, Bill O'Brien, Emperor O'Brien. It turns out <laughs> Bill O'Brien was Darth Vader, and it was Emperor Jack Easterby the entire time for almost. All yeah, time. yeah, he was in the back. Um, I mean, the the what is it? The Palpatine or whatever. Yeah, pal- yeah, it was, it was, he was Palpatine, the the man controlling it all yeah. in the shadows. Uh, right, O'Brien. You know, O'Brien was the guy we knew, uh, but it was Jackie. It, Jack Easterby was the one. You know who wanted the? He was the one pounding the table to trade DeAndre Hopkins, as it turns it's out. It's crazy. Um, which is just because like, he wasn't wow. a cultural fit. Uh, you talk about knowing, <laughs> yeah, because he wasn't a cultural fit for the culture Jack Easterby wants to establish. Which um, it's hard to imagine what that culture is when you watch this team week in and week out. Um, but yeah, if I, I I looked at this and I read that article. And I just thought, because there's part of me that thinks the Texans' job is a good job. Yeah, Sean yeah. Watson. 
and then I read that article, and now I'm just thinking if I'm if I'm Joe Brady, if I'm Robert Sala, if I'm Eric Bieniemy, if I'm insert head coaching candidate here, or if I'm a GM candidate, I ain't taking this job if he's in the yeah. building. Now, if they fire him, then all of a sudden it becomes an attractive job. But if he is in the building, I'm not taking this damn job. Hell no. <laughs> and, Hell and, no. And just for just for I'm people, people this. just to like on this article we're referencing, just a snippet, if if I if I may. Um, here's a wonderful oh, snippet, absolutely. and this is great writing, honestly. They do a little comparison to Game of Thrones about how it's been in that building. General Manager Brian Gaines, oh, Rob yeah, Stark, the intended future king of the North, who was murdered by the end of season three. Up oh, spoilers. Gaines would be fine. Listen, if you haven't watched Game of Thrones yet, and you don't know, that's just kind of on you. Yeah, if you haven't watched it now, then, you know, I don't care about sports. So, Gain would be fired after only 17 months of GM, which is interesting because he was kind of, uh, I don't know, they they, they sold you that he was going to be a pretty good GM. So... He he was handpicked by O'Brien to be the general manager. So, it was kind of shocking... When in a year, less yeah, than a year he got and, he and, and he really, I don't, I don't remember. I mean, I think he made a couple of moves, but I don't even know if they really his moves. He really, he really didn't do much. He was kind Puppeteered, of tiered, maybe. Yeah, for he was being crushed by people. I, you know, listened to for not being yeah. aggressive. So, enough. Coach Bill O'Brien was compared uh, to King Joffrey Baratheon, a hot-headed ruler prone to screaming and chopping off heads only to be poisoned in season four. As we know, O'Brien was fired in October. Then. There was Jack Easterby, hired as the franchise's EVP of team development in April 2019, a man who has no idea what he's doing to be a level, to be called an EVP. How does this happen? So he risen from low-level Jaguars intern to Patriots team chaplain to be lauded character coach before making an unprecedented shift into football operations. Easterby, those Texans told each other, was Littlefinger, the nickname of Peter Baelish, a shadowy and cunning operative. Who on TV espoused righteousness as a strategy, but sought to consolidate power through chaos and isolation and the pulling streams behind the scenes. Ah, and so here we are. It, and when you, when you read the article, the little finger comparison <laughs> makes a lot of sense. For those who haven't really watched Game of Thrones, little finger basically he really was you know puppet master basically would so, be the easiest so simplest we'll, way would the Sean to compare be compared it. to maybe uh, um, Sophia Turner's character. I can't think of her name right now, but you know the oldest daughter. Oh, and when it, when, yeah, yeah. Uh, and so Stark. I, I don't know how much. I don't know if Deshaun and the players really have a role in this. It sounds like more. I'm just saying, who's going to slit his throat? Um, oh, um, as he's God, begging I'm, for I'm his hoping, life. You know, Deshaun, <laughs> the, Deshaun and Cal McNair. You know, allegedly they. Uh, you know, allegedly they're talking about who the next coach is going to be. I'm hoping Deshaun is telling Cal McNair, "Look, you got to get rid yeah. of this dude." Um, but again, Deshaun is, you know, he's younger than me. And we always, you know, you always joke about how young <laughs> I am. Um, Deshaun's younger than me. Uh, or he's my age. I forget. He's either my age or younger than me. It's a sure. lot to go tell a billionaire who's, what he's paying your salary. When you're, who's paying your salary when you're 24, I could see JJ doing it. I could see JJ uh, doing it in a heartbeat. Yeah. Yeah. But JJ's not the quarterback and he does, he's not on a six year. Yeah. But, if, but I also feel time. like though JJ, he's, he's, you know, when you think about the Houston Texans, you think of Deshaun and JJ. That's it. To me, that's where it ends. And then you think about a yeah. pile of shit. But yeah. they, like, I feel like, but I feel like JJ <laughs> yeah. has a lot of prowess. And and if Cal was watching JJ's face during any of that Bears game, um, which he may not have been able to see from his his 
podium. Um, but JJ was pissed, you know, and it's, and it's, it's become the norm for him. And like I asked you about if you were able to lip read, um, I really thought what came out of off his lips was, I don't want to F and play here anymore. Like that's what it looked like he said, but it's very hard to lip read. Right. Um, See, I I wasn't watching the game that closely. <laughs> amazingly, amazingly, I was. I mean, <laughs> that's the irony. I mean, I have a you know you you know me. Yeah, I have yeah. multiple TVs on when I saw the tech when I saw the Texans were making Mitch Trubisky look really good. It, the game was on, but it was you know I wasn't. I think it was after it. the safety, uh, and so he was I, on the sidelines, and he was looking up at the replay, and it looked like he just said, "I don't want to f and play here." Maybe he was saying. I don't want to effing play in Chicago anymore because it's really cold and we're getting our ass kicked. That was possible, but yeah, no, I mean, JJ's been this year for the first time in his career, you've seen, you know, and you've seen him say, you know, things like yeah, gotta get better after a loss, you know, he's frustrated, whatever, which is normal yeah. for any player. He'd always say the company um, line, but it's all, he's always been, he's always been a yeah. company man though. He's always been a company man, but this year is kind of, you know, you can tell he's, He's he's at his point, you know. Yeah, he's he knows, it. like they've they've gone you through know. not so much, you know, a head head coaches. I think Bill has been his coach the whole time. I I, I can't recall if Kubiak. Uh, he 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 was at the end of the last two last three years of uh, his first okay. three years. So were then, and so then it's really been the defensive of coordinators and and different, I guess, assistant coaches that have kind of come and gone. And they've kept the same scheme for the yeah. most part, but you know, JJ's career is getting wasted, and it's it sucks, man. It's really unfortunate for him, and I and I really mean it. I, I hope somehow magically he's able to wind up with the Steelers and play with his bros. <laughs> you know, just 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 for that accomplishment, that would just be cool for him. I don't know if the guy will ever ring. Yeah, it'd be cool for the family too, and it. You know, I re- I hope for JJ that you know because I don't you know I think both of us kind of don't really see the Texans being a serious contender <laughs> and you know yeah so I hope that for his uh you know I hope that he is able to um I hope he's able to at some point uh go to yeah. a contending team uh and play you know just be you know kind of like what uh you know what Julius sure. Peppers was for the Packers you yeah. know a few years ago. Um, really good player who's on the back end of his career and just go be a really good player on a contending team. And, you know, we'll see what happens. Uh, but I hope JJ gets that opportunity because he has been, you know, he's been the good guy. He's been the company man. He's done and said all the right things for an organization that has done nothing. Yeah. That's such a shame, man. Um, It just, it really is. Um, and that's just the Texans. Yeah, and he's one of the he's he's one of the truly great players of you know, you know uh, on the defensive side of the ball, best player of the 2010s. Sure. You yeah. know, probably uh, he's. I mean, the only defense, only player in league history to go defensive player of the year three out of four seasons. Only player in league history to have multiple twenty sack seasons. Um, he's been so so good when he's played for this garbage can of an organization that's even worse now than it was, you know, yeah. a year and a half ago, uh, a year ago, um, six months ago. Um, they're worse now because they're letting Jack bleeping Easterby um, control the, uh, you know, control yeah. what goes on um, for reasons that you and I don't. <laughs> I don't think anyone <laughs> understands, honestly. 
And and yeah, it, it be just because he because Cal McNair likes him. Uh, does Cal McNair? I want, does Cal McNair think that it's a good idea to have him control? You know the happenings of the Houston Texas organization. You know, I'm. I'm well, another interesting um, thing uh, too is, was, is what does Jamie Roots do? He's the team president, and, and what the hell does he do? Um, just just watch the chaos. I know he was the one that fired the public relations lady, um, or at least he was. You know, put his name to it. I'm sure that came from Easterby as well. But the, yeah, that probably. I mean, it's all coming from Easterby. It sounds like. And now Easterby, you know, he said a few weeks ago he wants to uh, keep Romeo around for another year because he wants to interview head coaching candidates in person. You want to keep Romeo uh, around for another year? <laughs> Cornell at his peak was a good defensive coordinator. He's not yeah, as big nah. as a coach anymore. He should be. Re- he should have retired. Yeah, definitely. Two or three years ago. We, we, and you know um, what? Had he retired two, you know, two or three years ago, I think we would still have uh, what's what's his face that's in Tennessee that was our our. Vrabel. No, so so I thought Vrabel would be so the next I. coach of the Texans when uh, yeah. he was promoted to D.C. I thought Vrabel was – I thought they were Absolutely. grooming him to be the yeah. head coach in Houston and take over for O'Brien because he was kind of a na- constant name on the hot seat. Gosh, wouldn't you Absolutely. feel that like Vrabel Absolutely. right now? Great. Just uh, such a good leader, you know. He's yeah. a leader of men. Um, O'Brien wasn't. Yeah, so it's uh, – yeah, and Jack Easterby clearly isn't. This Texans organization is at, yeah. in absolute shambles. Um, so I, like I, I mean, to go back to the original point I was making, if I'm a head coach or GM candidate, I'm not touching this job if Jack Easterby's in the building. I think it is an attractive job because of Deshaun Watson. If Jack Easterby isn't there and this, they function like a relatively normal NFL organization, um, you know, I think it's an attractive job because of Deshaun Watson, but. If Jack Easter, if Jack Easterby's in the building, if I'm Joe Brady or Robert Sala or you know Eric Bieniemy, whoever the head coach candidate, whoever the GM candidate, uh, Ed Dodds would be my number one choice. If I'm any of those guys, I'm not taking the Houston Texans call. If Jackie, yeah, until you know, that, Jackie's fired, it might be a very interesting conversation because um, if Cal's not the one doing the interview, then um, how are you going to ever have that conversation? You know, with the powers that be. So. That's that's going to be really tricky. So um, I know that we were we were yeah. trying to keep this one moderately reasonably short because you are uh, getting in your rocket yeah. ship soon. I think I don't know what. Yeah, I am. I'm about to I'm about to go into the rocket ship right now as we're finishing up here. But yeah, I was happy to do this again. We'll get this podcast uh, up and sent out here today, which is Wednesday. Um, as I'm in the rocket ship, we got some. Really good Wi-Fi, I'm told. So wow. we're going to be able to do that. But yeah, happy to get back on the podcast. We're going to figure out our groove here in the coming weeks. But good conversation today. Hopefully, the text. Hopefully, Cal McNair is listening, and you know about you know makes our wish yeah. come true. Our Christmas we'll, um, we'll get, we'll get this uh, sent over to Cal right away. We'll make sure it lands on his desk. Um, yeah, hopefully it'll turn out there better than go. the end of that Browns and Ravens game. So. Man, now now that you keep telling me I should try to be the GM somewhere, and I was like, oh, I can't do that. But after reading the article with Jack Easterby, I just got to find. Let's right let's just work on your resume and uh, and ensure we get you in as a candidate. You know. Um, yeah, I just, I just got to find the right dysfunctional organization to go and grab power. Um, <laughs> and there we <laughs> All go. All right. All right, Gabe. There, there we go. I yeah, think, I think enjoy we'll be your set trip up. around Earth. All right, and. Uh, Hopefully we'll be able to get get back onto a regular schedule, guys. Um, yeah, sorry, sorry we got knocked off kilter a little bit, but between Thanksgiving, twenty twenty, COVID, and 
um, having some massive projects going on in our own homes and just gets you busy. Yeah. Yeah. A lot, a lot of things going on here, but yeah. Great to do this again, Jason. We'll, we'll figure out. All right, man. Keep rocking on.